0: Uh, this is Ray Lucchese, Greybeard on Storage, with my co-host, Matt. Yeah, Matt. <laughs> and we're here at VMworld 2019 in San Francisco, and uh, we're here to talk about what's new at uh, VMworld. So what's new, Matt, did you see here at VMworld?
1: Well, I think the, the most interesting announcement during the keynote, um, and again, compliments to Pat, who is far more comfortable in front of an audience than I used to see him, uh, but this uh, Project Tenzu Uh, which is a sort of a Kubernetes multi-cloud play, to me, I think is probably the most compelling piece of information I've received.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, VMware's been play, or VMware has been playing with uh, Kubernetes off and on for quite a while, maybe more on than off, actually, with PKS and VIC and all this Project other stuff. Full time. <laughs> Project Photon. Project Photon. That was a good one, Matt. And so it's interesting to see that they're taking this to the next level, and it seems like they're almost embedding it in the system,
1: right? Uh, actually, take it a step further. I think they're embedding a, a panel within vCenter so that you can do your your composing and your, uh, your orchestration level oh, through cluster. the vCenter, your cluster level stuff, uh-huh. through vCenter itself. Yeah.
0: So I was in a session the other day where they talked about um, almost having a parallel level of functionality for containers within vSphere. So you actually have all you have so there's a thing called Project Pacific under Tanzu that that's <laughs> providing a certain ca- level of capabilities and stuff like that. That's that's all all container based. Yeah, it,
1: I, I find it um, a remarkable step in the right direction, uh, recognizing how how significant containers are going to be, particularly in new homegrown applications and uh, and and that architecture. But I think also the the idea that with this orchestration layer with this management layer you can incorporate AWS um, Azure and GCP into the same equation And
0: VMware, and well uh, certainly uh, well
1: yeah um, it's not necessarily gonna do your for your VMs what it does for your containers um, I don't think you can uh, die directly migrate a VM to GCP.
0: So, so what they started talking about is being able to actually take a VM and make it into a container. And then once it's a container, it's running under the Kubernetes cluster and stuff like that. Now you can start to thinking about doing stuff like migration, but how you get the mo- the data over there, data right.
1: has got gravity and all that oh, stuff. So that, That's always been the, the bugaboo with containers, right? People claim that uh, to containerize an application is a no-brainer, but but where does that data reside and what does it rely on in order for it to flow back and forth? And, and that's always been the issue. And certainly none of us have had an opportunity to play with Pacific or Tanzu yet, yeah. but there will come a time when when these questions become clear to us and answerable.
0: Right. So they've talked about uh, this Project Pacific as being sort of an outgrowth of PKS. So if you took pivotal Kubernetes system, I guess, is the, is the term. And if you're running that, then 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 you running under Pacific would be very similar to that. Although they've got this whole management overlay, this Tanzu Mission Control thing, which looks pretty bizarre. But it, you said it, it's multi-cloud across the world. You know,
1: I it, I think it's very compelling. I think it shows that um, you know what has historically been a virtualization platform for. If 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 you can actually use the language, traditional server-based virtualization, um, it's growing. It's becoming something very um, much more uh, focused for the future again, as the company was back when you know we were first hearing about vSphere or well ESX21 was my first version. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, No, it's bizarre. They've actually. I guess it's all within Pat's, you know, framework. I don't know how many years has he mentioned, seven years or something like that he has been here
1: as a CEO? Yeah. And uh, before that, he was at EMC. He was, yeah, he was
0: an EMC and then, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: and before that, he actually worked for Intel for years. right. right.
0: Right, he was a, he was pretty high up there in the technical uh, stream of that sort of stuff. So yeah, since then he's been they, they've been doing this stuff with with Kubernetes. Like I say, Vic came out, Project Photon, PKS was running on VM VSphere, and this is uh, this is an evolution down this this whole path of more and more containers. So what else is there? They talked about uh, Carbon Black coming on board and Pivotal and all this stuff. What do you think
1: of all that stuff? I think it's uh, it shows vision. I think it shows that. Um, for a company that let's face it for a couple of years vmware felt to me like all they were doing was selling licenses um, and even when i worked there that was a uh... an issue that they were trying to resolve um, it seems again that they're focusing on the technology at a, uh, a far more rapid, far more developmental pace than, than I've seen them do in a long time. It's very exciting. It's a good time for this company.
0: That's a great time. And all this stuff with uh, with the VMware Cloud and VMC running on AWS, running on Azure, running on Google Cloud, running on, on IBM, it's it's running everywhere. I mean, you can effectively run this stuff
1: anywhere you want. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think even uh, a, a peer data center play like a, a Rackspace, Theoretically, even though it's OpenShift, uh, could probably support this without any issues. I, uh, I mean, they've got I, I, hundreds of VMware cloud providers and stuff
0: like that. Mm-hmm. that are, there are these organizations that that are service organizations that can run this stuff anytime you want. I actually heard somebody mention about OpenShift running under VMware. I'm not sure where that plays in the Pacific game or what. Well, but You're going to have to ask Cody about that, <laughs> I think. <laughs> But they no, they talked about Pulse IT, and they talked about IoT and, and, and OpenShift being more active in telcos, and they've been starting to focus on the telco arena and stuff like that, so I can't see it very far down the path.
1: No, I, it wouldn't surprise me. And, uh, you know, it, it really has been a, a boundary play, the, the telcos and the service providers, has been an area where VMware hasn't traditionally owned that space a KVM or an OpenShift or something like that has been far more uh, a virtualization player within those areas right. and I'd like to see VMware uh, do you know far more significant work
0: in, in those fields. They seem
1: to be broadening their, their exposure. I mean, the Kubernetes
0: thing is obviously a, you know, a broader play into the more cloud-native space, and they've been playing in that space kind of on the, on the outskirts of that. But nowadays, they're starting to look at, uh, they're bringing it all inside, on, inside vSphere. They're looking at telcos. They're looking at IoT and edge stuff. They're doing an awful lot more stuff than they used to do before.
1: Yeah, and, and I've always found the IoT space to be intriguing. Uh, but, but up until this point, it's really been about what hardware do you throw at a project, right? Uh, what storage is the back end and how does that data communicate from whatever its source is to the target? Um, uh, HPE made a couple of very interesting edge plays for IoT uh, over, the re- over the past recent years. But again, they were hardware plays. How does that software fit in? And, uh, and I think that it's, it's really intriguing to see VMware stepping into that space from a software manage, management layer perspective as well. It
0: seems like they're, they're, they're playing more active in the IoT space, they're playing more active in, in Edge. They, they talk a lot more about this whole arm, uh, vSphere running on arm, or ESXi
1: running on arm and stuff like that as an Edge play
0: sort of stuff but it's pretty
1: bizarre uh, i love arm right i think that anything that can can be a purpose built esx server designed for low um maybe lots of data transactions but low uh, cpu utilization right. really is a perfect play i wasn't um again i'm going back to hpe sorry but weren't moonshot devices based on arm processors
0: they do have devices. They have they have servers on ARM price processors as well as uh, Dell does as well. But I mean, it's it's uh, the edge stuff. I don't know what the, what the edge components are. Mm-hmm. I was thinking on the floor out there is a company called Hive Cell that has uh, you know these stackable ARM servers, which are about you know about the size of a, a fairly sizable book that you know on one. It's like, it's like pagers you see in restaurants and stuff like that. They've got little in, in, indentations in each one that, that, that powers, they've got power bus on one side and Ethernet bus on the other. You just plug in the, the bottom one into a 120 AC, and it's your Edge server. It's your edge, it's, got, it's got everything, and they're moving it to x86 as well. It's pretty bizarre.
1: Uh, I love it. <laughs> I, I do. I, I, I have to say I don't think it's so bizarre. I think it's almost uh, an obvious play at... Uh, uh, maybe maybe not obvious but certainly predictable. Um, I think there's a lot of companies out there that don't want to put a big fatty SX, you know, 256 gigs of RAM and, and what the new Cascade Lake processors are at 58 cores per. <laughs> what, what does that look like? Um, and it's certainly not a tiny little edge box. It's
0: it's a serious box. I wrote an article, a blog post a couple of weeks back on, on where data should be uh, processed in an IoT edge kind of configuration. It's a lot of different play, lots of different parameters in that sort of discussion, and, and where it should be processed is not actually obvious, you know.
1: No, it isn't, and, and you know, I, I would take that a step further and try to figure out what data actually does get utilized and what gets, uh, you know, wheat from the chaff sort of separated. Uh, I think that... You could really consume a lot of storage if you took in everything and never got rid of anything. Being a storage player, I can understand that. And I can almost agree with that sort of thing. <laughs> but there's a side of
0: me that says, you know, there's got to be some happy compromise here on what you actually Absolutely. process and what you
1: need and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I, I still believe, and, and forgive me if, if, again, I'm showing my bias here, but I think Splunk is the best uh, software package to sort of gain... Data analytics against that, whatever that raw data is, and give you a, uh, as an administrator, a functional dashboard. It's no longer certainly a sim. It's way more than a sim. Um, and I, I love the product. I use it and recommend it all the time.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm not too familiar with Splunk. I've seen some advertisements for it and stuff like that, but. <laughs> Well, what more do you want from a company like that? But uh, so, what else is new in VMworld today or VMware? I mean, there's a lot of stuff on. Uh, you know, obviously interacting. You know, integrating pivotal. What their expectations for that are? This this whole uh, carbon black thing. Are you familiar with carbon black at all?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So my understanding of Carbon Black is is endpoint security. So endpoint device security, endpoint workload security kinds of things it provides malware detection, it provides uh so what ransomware
1: does define as, a, as an endpoint though. Is I that think a, a PC or a thin client. What about what about an iPad or or a phone or because those are endpoints aren't they i think they're
0: mobile i think they're mobile uh activated i think um i'm not sure about thin clients but you know pcs macs that sort of thing desktops are certainly in that space but uh yeah we'll have to see what they're doing but you know pat was presenting it's like carbon black is going to be integral in their whole security Mm -hmm. environment
1: one yeah Yeah, particularly sure which is where the
0: endpoints would be right theoretically (laughs) Yeah, but it's, uh, it's certainly, uh, you know, it's certainly an interesting acquisition. And, you know, and Pat was saying something to the fact that uh, security is ripe for disruption. I, I don't understand what he's saying there. He th-
1: well, so, uh, you know, if we're going to start talking about other vendors, yeah. I had a really interesting conversation with um, Apparetto yesterday. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. So we, you were mentioning security, and I kind of love these guys and their approach uh, I'm not a shill, I'm not getting paid for that comment, but, but essentially what they're, what they're doing is they're claiming that the application will point towards a, um, a malicious software behavior far sooner or far more accurately than would a firewall or a, a gateway protect against that information coming in through email. Or what so happened. from like a profile perspective, profiling the work that they're doing? They, they call it a thumbprint. I, I like ah, blueprint yeah. better, but they call it a thumbprint yeah. and the or fingerprint maybe. And and the idea is you install an app and you and you fingerprint that app so it, it sees all the the standard. It's workload, IO, the memory it's, you know, and all that stuff? It's more about interactions between the app and other servers okay. as it traverses yeah. the network yeah. and the services as well involved in that and authentication and once the, the app sees something anomalous against the fingerprint, it isolates that traffic and, and shuts it down. So this is very smart, but it's also future-proofed to play in the in the space that, that containers play. Right, right. And, and most traditional f- server firewall, router switch types of environments... Um, they aren't that sort of dynamic they see something maybe that comes in or they see anomalous behavior a uh, uh, denial of service attack that's not the same thing right. this is about the performance not from a, a speed perspective but the actual how the app is performing against its its functions elsewhere on the network.
0: Right. So the whole profiling perspective is an interesting uh, you know an interesting vector to try to defend against things because I mean how can you fake a profile? You, you're running this application; it's doing certain things; it's doing it uh, in a certain way. And you know if it starts changing that methodology or changing that functionality, then certainly something to be aware of. I'm not sure you can shut it down immediately at that point because you know it could be some specific function that's just happening but you know that sort of thing over time but you should be able to see that sort of uh, workload differentiation over time and and be able to detect something outside of that framework I think
1: well that's that's the goal here and and again as I say I like that they're thinking in a way that people really haven't thought before about some of the the classic problems that are Database administrators, network administrators, uh, VMware, vSphere administrators have been seeing, but haven't really had the tool sets to address. You Obviously, if you're attacked by malware, you can see the after effects, but can you see it as it's happening?
0: So, that you know, maybe that's where Carbon Black fits into this framework. Let's take that sort of you know, endpoint profiling and move it into the workload, move it into the servers, move it into more intrinsic into you know, vSphere functionality. And now you've got some more security types and networking and stuff like that. So maybe that's where it plays out. Jesus, is there anything else that you can think of that happened here? Uh, well, dinner last night was a whole lot of fun. <laughs> And all the parties are happening tonight, so that's the other side of this. Well, this is uh, this has been great, Matt. I appreciate you being on our show today. I
1: always love it.
0: Thanks. And uh, we'll uh, we'll try to do this at uh, other venues as well. And uh, stay tuned to the next uh, Greybeards on Storage podcast. Thanks a lot, guys.
1: Bye bye.